So my name is Patrick Dooley. Um, I'm a physical therapist and athletic trainer. I've been a PT for 12 and a half years, almost 13, and I've been an athletic trainer for going on 15. So um, I've worked basically my whole career here in Pella and uh, obviously doing some of the athletic training stuff. We kind of are a little bit the front of seeing a lot of concussion and mm -hmm. head injuries. Yep. About how many uh, patients do you think you see about like, let's say in like a month or year with uh, concussions or along that line? So it kind of depends. When we were doing the coverage for Pella High School, um, and we did that from 2011 to 2000, uh, fall of 2015 was the last sports season we went into. You know, I would probably say with football, I don't know, maybe anywhere between five to ten concussion-like symptoms or issues. Then we roll into soccer. Soccer yeah. also had a very high percentage. Uh, baseball, softball, um, obviously track. We didn't, I can't remember if I've ever seen someone from track. Wrestling, um, there were usually a couple. So, I mean, when we were doing the coverage, uh, I mean, I think in a given year, you know, there could be a dozen, couple dozen cases that, mm -hmm. now whether or not, you know, the, the, kind of severity of it. A concussion's a concussion, so you kind of just treat them all the same and look more for the symptoms afterwards. Mm -hmm. Currently, uh, you know, we may get one or two people that want to get evaluated, but it's really hard when you didn't see the person at first. So that's one thing we kind of stand by a rule that if we weren't on scene, we're probably not going to be doing much evaluation because we don't know the baseline and we don't want to clear someone if we don't know kind of where they started. Yeah. All right. Um, what do you believe is like the greatest cause of a concussion? I think if we're talking, we got to look at different sports. So mm -hmm. football, I really think there's a couple things, you know, probably it used to be probably not having proper equipment. I don't think the helmets were as good. Um, I think that's starting to change depending yeah, on definitely. what school you go to, yep. how much the funding they have, or just giving parents and the student athlete the option of purchasing their own helmet. Mm. But I think coaching is a big thing. So if you look at a lot of the peewee football leagues, it used to be flag football was the start, at least for my age group. Well, somewhere around 2009, and I'm, I'm speaking more from where I'm from, Marshalltown, they, yeah. they switched to a tackle football league. Well, you have dads, you have parents that are volunteering to coach, don't have much experience, and we started developing bad habits. So you see kids leading with their heads. Um... We saw kids that were probably not in the right age groups because we have little kids going up against bigger kids. Yeah. We see that today with tackle football peewee leagues that, okay, we're all one age group, so we're going to throw you in there. Yeah. Well, there's a big difference between kids' sizes. I mean, I was one of the bigger kids growing up, Same. and then I kind of stopped growing. So it would be horrible to put me against a kid that maybe weighs, you know, 70 pounds where you know, I weigh like 120 pounds in peewee football. Mm -hmm. So I think just, yeah, the, the biggest thing for football goes with form. Um, I think with soccer, we tend to forget about, you know, not the hit, but the second hit. So the falling on the ground. So we have turf fields now, which don't give as much as grass fields. Mm -hmm. So I think we see a lot of that. Um, I think a lot of soccer programs are starting to switch to maybe like these pat and I can't remember exactly what they're called. They're basically like a protective soft shell helmet hat 
Um, we see a lot of like seven on seven yeah. camps having athletes do it. Well, we're seeing soccer players use it quite a bit too. Mm-hmm. So I think for contact sports, it's all about coaching and teaching the kids how to properly do whatever contact sport they're doing. I mean, now we're getting into things, um, you know, wrestling, we typically see it on a slam to the mat. Yeah. Um, another one that I've started to work with recently, I've had in 12 years, I think I've had four or five mixed martial arts fighters. That one, how do you prevent concussions? I don't know. Yeah. I don't have a good answer. I mean, you're talking about hundreds of rounds in a year of sparring, getting punched in the head, getting kicked. I don't know, besides wearing the headgear, if there is much mm-hmm. to do about that. But for football specifically, it's education and making sure our kids have the right coaching from the start all the way through because they're going to develop those habits for those early years. Mm-hmm. So uh, in the past football season, I actually received a concussion. Okay. And through the getting cleared, there was a bunch of things I had to pass, some headache, memory, focus, light sensitivity, and I had to pass a uh, concussion screening. Yep. Uh, do you believe that uh, schools are taking enough precautions to getting players back out on the field safely but in a timely manner? I think the local schools that are around Marion County, I think they do an okay job. Mm-hmm. What I mean by, by okay is I think they're starting to definitely have full-time athletic trainers yep. on the sidelines. I would like to see them do more pre-screening things, whether it be balance assessment, strength assessment, cognitive assessments. Because if you test someone after the concussion, but you have no baseline, we have no clue where that athlete's at. So I really think the computer tests, along with some other physical type tests that you can have someone do, um, there's like this Romberg balance test. It's typically in most athletic training, uh, educational books, Mm -hmm. basically some simple balancing exercises. And then you do some cognitive tests such as all right, I'm going to give you three things like ball, cat, truck. And then you ask the person after a few minutes to repeat those words. Mm-hmm. I think having a baseline of somebody's memory, somebody's balance, um, and then also that computer score is so much more helpful than, okay, I know they've got a concussion, but I have no clue. You know, I, you can follow the symptoms where, hey, the athlete says I don't have headaches, um, I'm doing well physically. Well, that's the athletes telling you that you don't know 100% because yeah. we've had kids that want to get back out there. I mean, I'm I one of those people. <laughs> I understand. And if you're smart enough nowadays, you know how to beat just, or you know what questions and how to answer them, but it's hard to kind of fake a computer test or some yeah. of the other tests, but we need to have schools do a better job of doing baseline tests for all athletes. Mm-hmm. And then we have to routinely do them every year to just kind of check so that we always have that baseline at the start of the season. Mm-hmm. At Pella Christian, we do the uh, a baseline test on the computer Perfect. Uh, before before freshman year and junior year, not sophomore and senior. And, and I think that's perfect. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's kind of, I think, what Central does with their student-athletes. It's like a lot of what I've heard other colleges doing. Um, Pella High School, I don't know. I don't, I, the hospital does the coverage now. That was one thing we wanted to investigate, but it was hard at the time because the resources as far as having a computer lab open for the students to do it, Mm -hmm. uh, at the time, and I can't remember exactly what the hurdle was, but they just didn't want to do it at that time. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I I hope that they've changed that now, but I can't speak 
because I don't know how they handle their concussions there. But mm-hmm. one thing that's really helped athletic trainers is having kind of some state regulations where it used to be that, you know, athletic trainers was kind of their opinion. Hey, here's what we're going to do. Now the state's just automatically said, if you get diagnosed with a concussion, you're out seven days. Yeah. So you will not get back to that next football game. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing, too, is if you have any symptoms or report anything, that clock starts over again. Yeah. Even if you're six and a half days and you report a symptom, guess what? You have to be seven days symptom-free. Mm-hmm. And I do like that. Mm. So when I received my concussion, I, it was a game up at Des Moines Christian. And on their training staff is – uh. I can't quite remember his name, but he owns a, a concussion clinic up in Des Moines. Okay. And so he saw me, he wanted me to come to their clinic. And this lady I met with, her name was uh, Dr. Shapiro. Uh, and she was talking to me about the uh, tests on the computer, and she told me that they weren't good or, like, they, they she had some problem with them. What do you think of I don't, that? I don't think it's a perfect science. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a couple things. Um Athletes knowing that they're going to take this test, it a lot of it has to do with reaction time. Yeah. Okay. So, who's to say you taking that test, you're coming into your junior year, and you just kind of delay it a little bit. You mm-hmm. kind of just slow play it. That can throw out the test. Um, and, you know, again, I'm not a computer engineer, so I don't know, or programmer, so I don't know what things we need to look at. This is where I think also having that physical exam can help, too. Because, mm-hmm. again, that's one thing that... You know, for the most part, you can sometimes tell if somebody's actually trying with their balance or not. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe we need to do video recordings. I mean, it's it's kind of hard to say how far we want to go there. I wish there was this magic wand or tool that scan over a forehead. Mm-hmm. Yep, everything's clean. Up, oh, no, positive for bruising in the brain, but mm-hmm. there isn't. And I think this is where more research, and I think the money's going into it. Yeah. Especially with kind of what's being brought to light in the NFL that, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully five, six years from now, there are better examinations pre-screening to allow us to know, okay, is this athlete really ready to go back? Mm-hmm. I mean, in general, I think just being more conservative is probably the best approach. And at the end of the day, educating athletes and parents about what can happen by going back too soon. Yeah. Um, I don't want to scare anyone, but it's just one of those things that if someone's educated, they're going to understand the reality of, oh, okay, I just thought it was, you know, I just got to suck it up and be tough versus, no, this could turn into a serious issue. Mm -hmm. That was something I learned by talking to Dr. Shapiro is how bad it can get because I was one of the two who's trying to rush back. Of course, I mean – Typical uh, football player. All, all you guys, yeah. And again, I played football at Central, and of course, you're always trying to, you know, say, oh, no, it's not a big deal. No, I don't have a headache. Mm-hmm. This is where, you know, every year at the parents' meeting, we went through concussion. We went through education, you know, what things to expect, what things are really dangerous, what could happen. Uh, at Central, they started showing kind of a scary video of, and I think it was a D2 or a small college football player that basically did not report symptoms, had another hit. I think it was he had some brain bleed that basically left him with permanent uh, stroke symptoms. Yeah. And he does a lot of talks. And I was interesting because uh, I can't remember this may have been six, seven years ago. The head athletic trainer for Central showed that video to the football team. They had about 10 guys that had been having symptoms 
that finally spoke up and said, hey, I'm, I'm a little nervous of this. Now, mm-hmm. did it make the coaching staff frustrated? Probably, Probably a little yeah. bit. I mean, I, I can't fault coaches for not being frustrated. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, those kids have to understand that this is their life. We get one brain. Uh, God gave us the one body. We have to just make sure we treat it right. Mm-hmm. So uh, through my research, I've... Uh... It, I've come across th- different things that say uh, CTE is almost impossible to diagnose prior to death. Uh, do you see patients that are suspected CTE either due to repetitive concussions or due to another reason? I haven't seen it much here. Okay. Um, if somebody's having any symptoms, the first thing I would do, because being a private practice physical therapist, um, if I had someone come in with chronic headaches that they feel could have been due to concussions or con- they have concussion-like symptoms, I'm going to refer them on. Mm-hmm. The first thing I'm going to send is I'm going to look for a neurologist. I know of the the clinic that you went to. Yep. Um, I don't have any connections with the doctors, but it would be something, hey, I'm going to set you up with them. We need to get this looked at. As far as, C- you know, and that's the tough part is there aren't always signs. And yeah. the one thing that we see with CTE is, I mean, we're seeing older football players in their 50s. Uh, some are reporting memory issues in their 40s, mm-hmm. you know, late 30s. You know, and again, this is where I think we're going to have that constant evolution of research and testing that maybe someday they'll find a way to kind of look at signs that allow us to say, hey, this person should not go back. Because again, I, and I think we're seeing that too with parents and athletes that, okay, you have the one concussion. All right, we're going to be cautious. Mm-hmm. You have two in the same year. I know a lot of places and states that are basically starting to look at, okay, do we have rules that are in place that you have no say in it? Even yeah. if your parents sign a waiver, no. I know at uh, UCLA there was a draft prospect uh, in this NFL draft. He ended up still being a first-round pick, but he was forced to retire after three concussions at UCLA, mm-hmm. transferred to Miami, and he was allowed to play again. Yep. So it all depends on colleges. And that's just the different medical staffs there. Mm-hmm. And I think that's always the problem is we need to have more of a combined protocol. You know, it's just one universal protocol that doesn't matter, especially with the transfer rules now with football yeah. that, or any college that, hey, after one year, if I don't like it here, I'm going to go here. So yeah. if the medical staff says you can't play, well, I'm going to go down the road and see if I can play there. Mm-hmm. So um, with specifically CTE, do you feel like there will be anything done like in the near future that will it'll be able to diagnose CT before death or I, I hope. And mm-hmm. the only reason I say I'm hopeful is this is going to sound bad. The NFL is, I don't know if it's more than this anymore. It's a $9 billion a year industry. Yeah. It's probably more. <laughs> it is the most popular sport in all of North America. Yeah. It's starting to become worldwide. Probably not as much as soccer. No. And again, I think we use football as too much of an example because soccer has a very high rate. Yeah, that was in my research that is quite high. When you have a sport that is so popular and the money that mm-hmm. is generated, we're starting to see that priority. Because the one thing is, look at the rules in the NFL. You can't touch the quarterback. Yeah. Is that because they want the you know they want him to be safe for Henry? I think there's some of that, but it's also mm-hmm. that. They understand that Patrick Mahomes is yeah. their moneymaker. Yeah, they know Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. Those are the guys that we want to tune in every Sunday, Monday night, and yep. watch them. If they get hurt or they can't play with concussions, they're done. Mm-hmm. So I think with that, you typically see more funding being given to colleges, more funding being given to research facilities 
to really start trying to find out, okay, what can we do? And again, it's, uh, science is one of those things we don't know if it's going to be tomorrow that they come up with it or is it going to be, you know, 10, 20 years from now. Mm-hmm. But I do believe, I think we will have something eventually. It's just, like you said, it's like anything. I mean, we were hoping to have things to fight cancer and we're still struggling. I think they've had medications mm-hmm. that have done better, but... This is just something that I think if we want our kids to play sports, we've got to look at this and we've got to keep them safe. All right. Well, that's all the uh, questions I have, so thank you for letting me interview you. Not a problem, man. All right. I'll appreciate it. Yep.